You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, I have an admission on this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. I'm going through it, guys. I'm going through all of the different traditional steps you will see when you suffer a great loss, and that is the loss of the Titans 2020 season. At first, I was in denial. You guys heard me on Monday. Oh, it's peaceful. I'm not upset. Great season. You know, it's like things weren't over. I I couldn't accept the fact that things were really gone, and I was kind of lost in this haze of disillusion. But Tuesday, reality set in. The anger, the rage that turns a good man cold. Some of those answers from Mike Vrabel, quite frankly, sent me over the edge. I was frustrated and I lashed out. Today though, today I I truly do come with that perspective that I thought I had to begin our week. And the conversation is moving quickly and time does heal all wounds so I can see how the momentum is picking up for these 2021 discussions that we will have on this podcast. But before we press the gas pedal and completely leave this 2020 season in the dust, I think it's only right that with it being a Wednesday and a way back Wednesday, as I prefer to call it, we need to hop into our time machine and go back and maybe ride this Titans coaster one more time. So what I want to do over the next two days, a way back Wednesday and a throwback Thursday, is kind of go game by game, week by week, and recap the season that was. So on today's show, we're going to go over the first nine games of the season going up to week 10, kind of give you a, a decent idea of what took place in that game, anything that really stood out now that we can go back and look over the season as a whole when you're in the middle of the battle it's kind of hard to 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 see the entire forest when you're looking at all the different trees so that's what I want to do throughout the next two days before we do move on into our 2021 discussion so we are going to do that today it is a way back Wednesday on the Locked On Titans podcast let's get it a way back Wednesday. Let's ride this Titans coaster from 2020 one more time before we sail off into the new horizon that is the 2021 offseason. Before we do that, though, I do want to remind you guys that tomorrow will be the second part of this kind of throwback Titans coaster recap. So make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Titans podcast on whatever platform you do stream. And remember that we will be diving into 2021 discussions starting next week. We're going to start talking about the in-house free agents that the Titans have. I'm going to outline my ideal offseason at some point in time before things really kick off. I mean, the Titans already started signing players for training camp on Monday with the futures contract. So 2021 off season is here for us. So make sure that you don't miss any of the Monday through Friday content that I will be pumping out all off season long here on the Locked on Titans podcast. Subscribe on Apple iTunes, follow on Spotify. Once again, whatever platform you do stream, you can find the Locked on Titans podcast there. But let's dive into the first game of the season and dun 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 dun. Okay, don't report me seriously, but 
the Titans started the year on Monday Night Football against the Denver Broncos in Denver. And the Denver Broncos have a fantastic record early in the season when they are at home. The altitude gets to players early on before they're fully conditioned. And especially considering the limited offseason that the entire NFL had, those conditions would affect an opposing team worse. So the Titans really had an uphill battle considering the home field advantage, literally the home field advantage from the altitude in Denver, but they came out and played a solid game. The Broncos, I know that they finished the season in a certain place and maybe they weren't the best team in the NFL, but Vic Fangio is a good defensive coach and he had a very good defensive game plan in this game. It was a struggle for the Titans, uh, missed field goals early, but they eventually got things on track in the second quarter after a slow start. They did get a forced fumble in this game. They had a goal line stand and those things kind of kept them in it. Goskowski, very rough start. He had three missed field goals and a missed extra point. Uh, it was 14 to 13. The Titans were down. Luckily, Locke missed a throw, a deep throw with about three minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then Ryan Tannehill, as he did throughout the season, led the Titans on a game-winning field goal drive where Goskowski redeemed himself after those misses and ended up making that game-winning kick, winning the game 16 to 14 for the Titans again in very adverse conditions on the road despite the fact that the Broncos maybe weren't the best team in the NFL that year. Tannehill was excellent, 29 for 43, 249 yards, two touchdowns. Henry went over 100 yards. Corey Davis showed what he was going to do throughout the season with 100 yards on the day. So a solid game for the Titans against a tough opponent considering the adverse situation. Week number two, the Titans move one and one into a divisional matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And we know that the Jags ended up with the first pick, so we know that they were a bad team. But they were coming up their only win of the season against the Indianapolis Colts. And what a weird result that ended up being now that we know what we know. But the Titans, of course, made that game much closer than it should have been. And we should have maybe taken those early signs about the Titans' defense. The Titans came out blazing. It was 24-10 to at halftime. The offense was flowing. They were doing everything that that they were expected to do in this game, but uh, the Titans eventually fell flat in the second half. In the third quarter, the Jags brought it all the way back from 24-10 to 10 to 30-30 to 30 with three minutes and 30 seconds left in the fourth quarter, but once again, a repeat of what we saw before, Ryan Tannehill leading the Titans to a game-winning field goal to win it. Again, Goskowski redeeming himself. And throughout this time, everyone was calling for his head throughout all the misses, especially midseason. But I always wanted to keep him around because we saw this kind of potential from Goskowski, and it was better than anything that we saw in 2019. So we made a game-winning kick for the second week in a row for the Titans after they started hot, and then the defense completely let them down in the second quarter, in the second half. But of course, the Titans offense could have maybe put the foot on the pedal a little bit more as well. But Minshew kind of cut the Titans up in this game, went for over 300, three touchdowns. The Titans were able to force some turnovers, get two interceptions. James Robinson went over 100 rushing yards in the game. We saw some issues with the wide receivers on the Titans' cornerbacks, but Tannehill was dealing 
239 yards, but four touchdowns. Wasn't a big Henry game, only had 84 yards, but the Titans were just cutting the Jags up through the air, so that was obviously the game plan. Titans move to 2-0, and and they go into the last game that we are going to talk about here in the first segment of our show, and that is the Titans' Week 3 matchup against the Minnesota Vikings, and this was a pivotal moment, not necessarily because of the game, but it was a pivotal moment in the Titans' season, but the Titans go on the road, go up to Minnesota, and at halftime, it's 17-9. to They're not really playing their game. Uh, they're not having any success in the red zone. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson absolutely cutting the Titans up, and it was even worse in the second half. In the third quarter, it was 24-12. to The Titans only had four field goals on the day. They really couldn't get anything going against that Vikings defense from an offensive perspective early on in that game. And luckily, the Titans defense was able to kind of keep them in it with some timely drives. But the real story here is that with three minutes left in the fourth quarter, the Titans are down 30-28. to And of course, as the story has been throughout the first couple of weeks of the season, Ryan Tannehill leads the Titans on a game-winning field goal drive and puts them ahead 31-30. to It was the first time the Titans had been 3-0 and since 2008. And in that game, things weren't always pretty. But, you know, you think the game wasn't pretty and the Titans still ended up with 31 points. At the very end of that game, the Titans' defensive pressure all of a sudden showed up. It was pretty crazy. Um, They were able to get some pressure on Kirk Cousins, force an interception at the end of the game. They got two interceptions on the day, as a matter of fact. Ryan Tannehill had an interception, no touchdowns, but Derrick Henry in the second half came alive. 119 yards, two touchdowns on the day. And remember, that was Khalif Raymond's best game. Had three catches for 118 yards, made some big plays on some bombs down the field. That's an element the Titans offense really needs to improve upon in the offseason. They will need to add to kind of diversify the attack. But that's the first part of today's three-part first part of the two-part whatever. You guys know what I'm saying. That is the first part of today's show. We are going to move into the next three games on the schedule. That is going to be the Buffalo Bills, the Houston Texans, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Before we jump into that, though, I do want to tell you guys about TurboTax. Tax season is right around the corner, so going to give you guys a good place where you can go. You're unique, and so are your taxes. And TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who listen to you, learn about your unique tax situations, and answer your questions. And on top of all of that, they can do your taxes from start to finish. Maybe you started investing and want some reassurance from an expert that you're doing things right. Maybe you're now self-employed and need some expert advice on what qualifies as a home office deduction. Or maybe you'd rather have an expert file your taxes so you can focus on what matters most. No matter what your situation is, TurboTax Live tax experts can answer your questions, give tax advice, review your return before you file, or even do it all for you. TurboTax Live gives you confidence that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax Live. File with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you. Let's continue our recap of the 2020 Titans Coaster with the next set of games 
on the schedule. And speaking of the next set of games, unfortunately, the next set of NFL games this weekend will not include the Tennessee Titans, but that doesn't mean that they don't have any interest to them. Guys, you got to go to betonline.ag, get a little skin in the game, maybe place couple wagers down and make these matchups a little bit more interesting now that our Tennessee Titans are eliminated. And if you're going to do that, you got to make sure that you get a little bit of advice and analysis prehand. So check out the Locked On Bets podcast, a new podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network on whatever platform you do stream. But as I mentioned in the last segment, that week three matchup against the Minnesota Vikings really was a pivotal point in the Tennessee Titans season. And not because of what took place in the game and the Titans going to 3-0 and for the first time in 12 years, but because that was really the beginning of that major COVID outbreak for the Titans. That's when outside linebacker coach Shane Bowen did not travel with the team to Minnesota when the guys got back, started having all the positive tests. So unfortunately, that's kind of a game and kind of a weak transition that we'll always remember that week four where the Titans had to have their game moved around due to the first major COVID outbreak in the NFL. But they eventually did have a game. There was even more postponements, but they played the Buffalo Bills in week five and boy, What a game and what a statement from the Tennessee Titans early on in the season with odds against them. Every fan base in the NFL, tons of national media in the NFL, players in the NFL on other teams all bearing down on them, casting stones at the Titans and the organization. They were under tons of heat seeing, you know, misinformation and articles printed too quickly from local journalists, seeing crap made up from national journalists like pro football talk about $10 million fines and suspensions for high-ranking members and loss of a first-round draft pick, all this nonsense. Well, the Titans come out on Tuesday night football with the world watching and absolutely stomp the Buffalo Bills. 42 to 16 in that game. And quite frankly, the big story is the Titans used, which is something that I said that they should do before the game, toot toot, pat my own back, whatever. But they used the Ravens plan. They must rush Josh Allen. They make sure they kept their contained integrity on their rush lanes in the pocket. They kept him hemmed up in the pocket, made him make accurate throws throughout the day, and the Titans were able to get three turnovers in that game. Had two interceptions, one forced fumble. Malcolm Butler had two picks. Uh, Josh Norman, RIP in that game. Not only did Derrick Henry get him, but he was getting worked over in coverage as well. So the Titans came out, really made a statement in that game. The offense put it on the Bills. They didn't really have anything going, and when you look at what the Bills have become and the potential that they had, it's even more impressive that the Titans were able to do that considering all of the COVID absences, all the pressure that was on them nationally and locally, and then playing a really good Buffalo team that's well coached by Sean McDermott. Um, it's, it's one of the more impressive performances of the season for the Tennessee Titans. Those first three games, you know, the Titans played terrible teams. Well, the Vikings aren't terrible, but the Titans played teams that they should have beaten looking back on things. And honestly, a lot of those games were closer than they even should have been due to mistakes that the Titans made. But this game... Uh, cylinders were all clicking, everything was firing, and the Titans just looked fantastic. It was one of the more proud moments of the season for myself personally to cover the team, and I'm sure for the Titans faithful all over the place. But after that, things quickly came back down to earth, and the Titans may have won the next game against the Houston Texans, but... It certainly wasn't pretty, and we were excited, excited, in fact, 
to be 5-0 after a 42-36 overtime win over the Texans. But considering how that game unfolded, ugh. Very concerning, and obviously the warning signs were there for what the defense would end up being. But again, the Titans got up early in this game. They came out ready to go, ready to play against a division rival in the Houston Texans, who at the time were dealing with a ton of tumult. I mean, they just had their coach fired. They were 1-4 and four on the year, had only won one of their five games, so they were dealing with a lot at the time. They were a mess, and they're still a mess in Houston, quite frankly, with all the Deshaun Watson drama, Jack Easterby, should I say Jafar Easterby, Joker Easterby, but we'll talk more about that stuff in, in, in due time. But right now, this game, the Titans came out. Like I said, they were hot. They got up 21-10 to early on. They were playing good defense on Deshaun Watson. It was impressive. They were holding the Texans' offense down, and then all of a sudden, the Titans came out in the second half, and if you recall, the Texans blocked a field goal attempt, and the game completely changed. The Texans go down, and they score. The Titans' offense all of a sudden is in a funk. They can't find a rhythm. I mean... It was insane what that block field goal was able to do to the Tennessee Titans offense. They come down the very next play, it's a fumble. The Texans get the ball back. Remember, Taylor Lewan tore his ACL in this game, and pretty much directly after, Ty Sambrillo gave up a strip sack to J.J. Watt, and the Texans got the ball uh, in their own red zone on the four-yard line and scored again, and now all of a sudden, the Titans are not up 21-10. to They're down 21-3. to The Titans come down, they miss another field goal. So the Titans just go into a complete meltdown here in the third quarter. The Texans win it 13 to nothing, but the Titans got back on track in the fourth quarter, and who else would put them back on track than Derrick Henry? Remember, the 94-yard touchdown run got the Titans back in it, but then after the Titans were able to rebound, go to 29 to 23, The Texans literally in two plays throw a deep bomb to Will Fuller. Oh, it was inverted cover two with Malcolm Butler playing the deep zone. And Malcolm Butler, because he's slow for a cornerback, if we're honest, uh, got roasted by a speed guy and Will Fuller. Speed guys just ruined the Titans all year long. They didn't have enough speed in their secondary last year. Um, Will Fuller, 53-yard touchdown right over Malcolm Butler and just ruined the momentum the Titans thought that they might have gotten back. Then an interception. For Ryan Tannehill on the very first play, trying to go deep to Cleef Raymond, an interception. So, meltdown. The the Texans score again, 36-29. But, as we have seen, once again, Ryan Tannehill leads the Tennessee Titans down the field. And remember that A.J. Brown 7-yard touchdown on the fake spike with Ryan Tannehill lobbing it up to him. He taps his feet in the end zone. Well, he, gets like, he gets a shin down right before he goes out of bounds. Superstar play, man. Just nuts. The superstar showed up all year long, quite frankly. Uh, A.J. Brown is so awesome. God, it was great to rewatch this game. Uh, A.J. Brown is just great. The Titans get the ball first, and then they go right down the field. Derrick Henry takes in a touchdown, five yards on a direct snap play in Wildcat, or should I say, what is it, a Wild Tractor. Um, I call it Wild King, or the King Cat. I got a bunch of different names for it either way, but an awesome overtime win, but very alarming to see what the Tennessee Titans defense was able to do. And I do have to mention one of my favorite plays of the year. The Texans scored and went for two on their final touchdown. And if they would have got that, it would have been out of reach for the Titans to come back in the game. They would have been down by nine. They wouldn't have been able to tie it up. But, but Jeffrey Simmons 
tipped the pass by Deshaun Watson thrown wide open over the middle to his wide receiver. So Jeffrey Simmons, man, he got hurt on that play if you go back and watch, but what an excellent play. So awesome to see that. In that game, obviously, the statistics were just out of control. Uh, Derrick Henry went for over 200 yards. The second time in a row, he'd rushed for 200 yards against the Texans. Part of three times in a row that he ended up rushing for 200 yards against the Texans. Tannehill had 366, four touchdowns. Ferkser was nuts in this game. Eight catches for 113 yards. The Texans ran uh, a ton of zone coverage, and Ferkser obviously is really good at that. But on the flip side, Will Fuller had 123 and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks had 68 and a touchdown. Deshaun Watson went for four touchdowns, 335 yards, no interceptions. So again, we're starting to see this Titans defense get closer and closer to the edge of losing this team a game. And uh, the next week, the the dam kind of broke, but it really wasn't the defense's fault entirely. The Titans played the Pittsburgh Steelers in one of their big matchups of the year. And as I've called it, it was an expectation resetter for the Titans. They came out, they were undefeated. The Steelers were undefeated. Which team is really going to ascend and be the top te- one of the top teams? And the Titans just weren't ready for the challenge. In their big games during the season, they came out and they got down early. They just weren't ready to go. And in a lot of games, like we just covered, they played against terrible teams. They came out hot and then they went flat. So um, it was tough to watch that Titans game against the Steelers. They, they come out and as I said, they're just not ready to play. The Steelers defense completely, completely shuts down. The Titans offense bottoms them up and it's 24 to 7 at half. And I wouldn't even consider it really the defense's fault. The Titans offense just wasn't ready to go and the Titans offense really wasn't great in the second half either but the Titans were able to force three interceptions on Big Ben two of those coming in the second half they were able to come back in that game they got within a field goal 27 to 24 but then of course Goskowski missed the field goal late in the game wasn't able to tie things up and the Titans lost that game 27 to 24 but again they just weren't ready to play they came out got steamrolled early and quite frankly they deserved to lose that game. So things were only right for the Titans to experience their first loss of the season there. But as a fan base, everybody still had hope uh, that they could kind of turn things around because it wasn't a miserable performance. The defense got those turnovers. We still had hope on our side. But uh, the next week came and that's when things really, really changed. Before we get into that major pivot in the Titans season, though, I want to remind you guys, I mentioned them earlier, but betonline.ag is the best place to place any of your wagers through the NFL playoffs, the NBA season, college basketball, doesn't matter. Make sure that you go to betonline.ag today, sign up for a free account, and use promo code Locked On. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So once again, don't sit on the sideline anymore. Get in on the action. Use that promo code Locked On and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Our final segment in part one of the Titans Coaster recap will start kind of like our second segment did, and that is with a pivotal moment, a pivot moment in the Titans 2020 season. So that game, of course, is the week eight matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals, where I was in attendance 
And it was like 50 mile per hour winds. Probably the most miserable football game that I've ever attended. And I still shudder at the fact that I paid money that I worked hard to earn to go watch what I saw on that day. So the Titans just weren't ready to go whatsoever. Um, Turnover, missed field goal. Ryan Tannehill interception in the red zone against against Jesse Bates on their first drive. The missed field goal came right after that. Turnover later in the game. Got down 10 to nothing by the Bengals. Um, The Titans ran for over 200 yards in that game. So it's not like they weren't able to get anything done, but they just made so many terribly timed mistakes in that game. And then on the other side, this was the moment. This was like, okay, we saw, you know, the Texans. Okay, you know, we saw the Jags come back. Um, We saw the Texans really dominate with their wide receivers and get out to that early lead. But the Titans looked okay against the Broncos. And, you know, they got roasted by the Vikings as well. Justin Jefferson went insane. I mean, Dalvin Cook had 180. Jefferson had 175. It was like a record-breaking performance going against the Titans defense. So we had seen some bad performances. But you had the Bills performance in your head. And you had the second half of the Steelers game in your head. And you had that Broncos game in your head. And you're thinking, uh, you know, maybe the Titans are league average, you know. But this was like the moment, the nail in the coffin for the Titans. Um, It was a terrible matchup. They say matchups make fights. And the Bengals, even though they weren't a great team, they were just a terrible, terrible matchup for the Titans. They have excellent wide receivers, which could really challenge the Titans' terrible cornerbacks at the time, Jonathan Joseph, Chris Jackson. Uh, Also, they have a pretty decent secondary. Jesse Bates is one of the best, if not the best, free safety in the NFL. Um... Von Bell, I'm not a huge fan of Von Bell, but he's not terrible. William Jackson, I mean, they have some decent players in that secondary. And because of that, you know, they were able to limit the Titans' passing game. And even though the Titans were able to run the ball, they just weren't able to make timely plays in the passing game. They made too many critical errors. And the Bengals ended up putting it on them. Uh, The Titans tried to make a comeback. Uh, They scored 13 more points after an early field goal, got a touchdown on the board, ended up losing that game 31-20, though. The Titans just had no answer. It was 24-7 at one moment in time. Uh, And if you remember, the game was really over. Joe Joe Burrow ran all over the Titans. They missed a million sacks in that game. Clowney missed a big sack. Jackson missed a big sack on Burrow. It was embarrassing what he was able to do to them running around in the pocket. Uh, He's not Lamar Jackson. For Christ's sake. I mean, but either way, um, bro did a number on the Titans. It was an embarrassing loss. And it was a moment that John Robinson basically let heads roll after that. He cut Joseph. Um, he brought in Bree on borders. He cut Beasley. He brought in Tyer Tart to play some minutes after he got rid of Isaiah Mack. Uh, he also uh, made some changes to the secondary by trading for Desmond King for a six-round pick. So that was something that really helped the Titans. And and we got a, a pacifier in the next game in Week 9 against the Chicago Bears, where the Bears' offense was just absolutely miserable. I mean, they weren't able to do anything. The Titans' defense looked good, but now looking back, we know that the Bears' offense was really just a travesty with Nick Foles in there. They were definitely a better offense when they had Mitch Trubisky. But the Titans got up 24-3 to in that game. The defense looked good, had... Uh, the Desmond King 
Fumble return for a touchdown in his very first game. That was pretty awesome. Tyre Tart made some penetration plays. A.J. Brown had that that touchdown where he lunch, he caught the ball and then lunged forward and dragged the defender into the end zone on the left sideline. Man, A.J. Brown's awesome. He's just absolutely awesome. But uh, that game kind of... We should have known how bad the Titans' defense was after that Bengals game, but we saw the defense play okay at the beginning of the Bears game, and it maybe gave you a little bit of hope going forward, at least for me. That's how I was feeling. Like, hey, maybe all the changes uh, John Robinson made to the roster, the trade, fixing the secondary, maybe it was enough to get the defense to a place where the Titans could win a Super Bowl. The expectation was hope again. But in the second half, the Titans' defense allowed the Bears to score about 14 14 points on two touchdowns with like seven minutes left in the fourth quarter. So that should have been another warning sign like, oh, they're not consistent enough to get it done. And then the next week, the last game we're going to talk about here is that Colts game. And I'm so disgusted that I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. Thursday night football for the Titans. Big primetime matchup. Got their season back on track against the Chicago Bears. Now with a chance to knock off the Colts at home in primetime and really grab the division by the throat. The Titans are up 7-0. Things are going pretty good early. They make some stops. Uh, The Colts miss a field goal. And... Titans have the ball. They throw a deep pass to A.J. Brown against man coverage down the left sideline. He's wide open. Oh, and he drops it. If the Titans go up 14 to nothing in that game, I'm sorry, but things are different. They don't, and the Titans don't play terribly. The offense is doing things. The defense is okay. It's 17 to 13 at halftime. But then the Titans' offense comes out of halftime. They're flat. Three and out, first two possessions. And how do those possessions go, ladies and gentlemen? Do you remember? I sure do. Trevor Daniel, punting for the Titans, has a complete meltdown. The Titans special teams coaching has a complete meltdown. And if you recall, that Bengals game was not just dreadful for uh, it being a major pivot point in the Titans season where we should have realized how terrible the defense was, but also at the end of that game, a terrible long snap by Bo Brinkley, who after eight years with the Titans just completely fell off the map after coming back from COVID. Bad snap, Brett Kern gets hurt, Trevor Daniel in, and remember, Ryan Allen punted before that and did okay in the game before. Trevor Daniel comes in, shank, 12-yard punt, I believe, Colts get the ball, basically close to the red zone, easy touchdown. Next drive, Titans offense, three and out, block punt, touchdown. Now, instead of being up 17-13, to Titans are down 27 to 17. They get the ball. They come down. Goskowski misses another one. And they're cooked. They had nothing left. Literally, if you watch the 15 minute or the, the highlight reel for this game, the extended highlight reel, it ends at 12 minutes instead of 15. And it also ends with six minutes left in the game. It's 34 to 17, and the Titans just lay down and die. So, miserable special teams coaching. Also, going from Ryan Allen to Trevor Daniel for no reason at all after a good performance in Chicago, just negligent, quite frankly. So, that was a pretty disappointing moment for the Tennessee Titans. But, 
they really pick things back up in the next few games. And we are going to cover those next few games on tomorrow's Throwback Thursday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. So again, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you tune in tomorrow as I will be bringing you Monday through Friday content throughout the entire offseason. Next week, we are going to start diving into some 2021 conversation as well. So I know you guys are going to be excited for that. want to remind you before we go to check out the Peacock and Williamson show for all of your in-depth NFL national analysis. You're going to get your individualized Tennessee Titans analysis here, of course, on the Locked on Titans podcast. But after that, check out the Peacock and Williamson show. You're going to get some in-depth, like I said, really in-depth information on the National Football League as a whole, not just your Tennessee Titans. But that's going to do it for me today on this Way Back Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked On Titans.